bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. The voice of boldness is a voice of confidence. Secondly, the second voice of boldness we will look at is the voice of three young men who found themselves in a foreign land and came face to face with the most powerful force of the land. And their story is in Daniel chapter 3 verse 16. These three young Hebrew boys. They were required by law to worship a false god or face a painful death through fire. Nebuchadnezzar had erected this huge image of gold representing money. The force of money. Political force. Military might. That's what that thing represented. And Nebuchadnezzar says, when the trumpet sounds, everybody must bow to the golden image, to money. Everybody must bow to the political force. Everybody must bow to the military might. But these boys, they have been taught that there's only one God and he's the only one they must bow to. So they sound the trumpet and they don't bow. And they are brought before the king. The king says, hey, you are in big trouble. And listen to what these young boys said. In Daniel 3, 16, 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. It is the voice of courage. The voice of courage. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. How many Christians have that courage? In the face of pressure from the world. How many Christians are going to say, I believe in God. I believe this is the will of God. And I'm not going to bow whether the pressure is money or politics or military might. I will stand for my convictions. There are many Christians who cannot even stand for simple faith in Christ. If they are told to go and pour libation to idols, they will. Some of you go to your hometowns. There is a funeral. And people say, well, we have to pour libation to the idols. And you go do it. Because if you don't, people will talk. People will talk. These had fire and they didn't bow. And you are just bowing because of talk. Most Christians cannot stand for their faith. A Christian has a party and he's serving alcohol. Just because your friends drink alcohol, so you want to accommodate them. So there you are serving whiskey and you're serving gin. And you can't just tell them, I'm a child of God. I don't drink and I don't serve it. We bow. 
just before our friends, opinions of men. We bow. And some of you go around, you sit around your friends, and they're passing some drink around, and you just drink it because you want to fit in. You are the coward. You lead the list. The righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous don't back down. You stand for what you believe in. If you are righteous, you stand. Some of you young ladies, girls, women, you're bowing. You're bowing. You're bowing for all kinds of things. You're bowing for shoes. You're bowing for clothes. You're bowing for phone credit. You're bowing for school fees. You're bowing for lunch, for dinner. You're bowing for a trip to London. And all your Christian faith and your dignity is compromised just because of a ticket to London or to Paris or to New York. You are what the Bible describes as the coward. He said, Pastor, but life is hard. Yes, it was hard for these young boys. Their life was on the line. They were going to be roasted in fire. And they said, we will not bow. God will provide. But even if he doesn't provide, we will not bow. And when you are bold towards God, he's bold towards you. If you honor him before men, he will honor you before men. How many of us have bowed? We've bowed to money. We've bowed to politics. Christians get into politics and they bow. We've bowed to military might. We bow to big people. We compromise everything we believe in. We throw our Christianity out of the door. We can't stand for anything. When people are around you and talking profanity, you join them because you are afraid of standing out. Some can't even read their Bible or hold their Bible publicly. Some cannot say, I'm born again. I'm a child of God and I don't do this. No wonder the Bible says cowards won't make it to heaven. Christianity is not about convenience. It's not about coming to church conveniently on Sunday and having fun. It's about Jesus who died openly before all men. And we must be ready to stand for what we believe in. Christians must make a difference. You must make a difference. And all of you who have alcohol bottles in your homes, go and destroy them and throw them away and make your house a sanctuary of righteousness and holiness. Stand for something. Stand for something. If people will criticize you, let them criticize you for something good. At least it will be good for your friends to say, I saw this guy, uh, we go to his house, uh, you know, it's only, it's only soft drink, soft drink. He thinks we are women. Yes! And who says being a man is drinking alcohol? The voice of courage, the third voice of boldness belongs to a woman. She had to do something that could cost her everything. She had to do something that would cost her her marriage, 
her home, her fame, her life. Her name is Esther. Esther's story is in Esther chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. She had to go and talk to the king at a time that she had not been invited. And if she took that step to protect the Jews, she could lose her marriage. She could lose her throne. She could lose all that she had worked for. Everything she had worked for and achieved was on the line at this time. Is she going to be a coward or bold? The Bible says then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. So I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. The voice of boldness is a voice of risk taking. Taking risks for God. If I perish, I perish. Are you ready to take a risk for God? Or you just play in the comfortable areas? A day will come Christianity will be threatened. There will be people who threaten you, either Jesus or a bullet. They hold a gun to your head and say, if Jesus is your Lord, if you say Jesus is your Lord, they pump a bullet in your brain. What are you going to say? We have not been threatened. Nobody's threatening your life. And we, we, we are bowing. The early Christians, some, they bring your wife, your children before you, and they'll say, say Jesus is not the Lord, and we spare your wife and children. And men will say, I cannot deny my Lord who died for me. I cannot. And their wives and children were killed in front of them. Some were beheaded. Some were cut into two. They poured tar on people and set them on light to light the courts of, of the emperor. Some were boiled in hot oil. They were fed to lions. They were beheaded. Some of their bodies were torn apart. Some were flayed. That means their skin was taken off. They take the skin from you and you are left with the raw muscles. And they stood for Christ. It will be a shame to all those people who stood for Christ so we can hear the gospel that you can't just say, I don't drink alcohol. It is a shame. It is an indictment. It's a second crucifixion of Christ that people will suffer for the name of Christ so we can hear the gospel and we can simply say, I don't drink alcohol. No wonder cowards lead the list. The fourth and final voice of boldness belongs to an unbeliever. He was a Roman centurion who demonstrated unusual faith because he understood authority. And his story is in Matthew 8, 5 to 11. The centurion. It says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. 
For I am a man also under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes unto that one, to come. And he comes and to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found so great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. This is what I call the voice of authority. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. If you are bold, you speak with a voice of authority. Not just the voice of confidence or courage or risk taking, but also with authority. There is power when you speak. You know it. And that's how the righteous must behave. The righteous must speak with a voice of authority. Proverbs 29, 25 and 26 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. The fear of man is a snare. The fear of man is a snare. The fear of man is a trap. True, but whoever trusts in God shall be safe. So what is supposed to be the spirit of the believer? What, what kind of spirit must we have as believers? What should be the attitude of the believer? How should the believer respond? How should we present ourselves? When people see us, what should they mark us out with? 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Very interesting passage. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. In the New King James Version, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. In the New Revised Standard Version, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. In the NIV, New International Version, it says, For God, the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and sound mind. The same word translated fear is also translated cowardice and is also translated timid. A fearful person is a coward, is timid. God did not give us a spirit of fear. He didn't give us a spirit of cowardice. He didn't give us a spirit of timidity. So where did we get it from? It didn't come from God. It may, maybe came from Satan. Or came from our culture. And our training. Timidity. It's not a personal thing. Don't say, well, that's how I am. You know, you know, yeah. It's dangerous. It's dangerous whether you got it from culture or you got it from your family or you were intimidated by your father or your parents so you can't speak your mind. It is dangerous. It is because of timidity that evil goes on. God has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity or cowardice. A lot of us Ghanaians... We're timid. We're cowards. 
The spirit of cowardice seems to be like a national spirit. Fear of man. We can speak our minds before people, but we speak it behind people. So we become hypocrites and liars and sycophants. We stand before people and salute them and say, oh, I'm for you. And then you go out five minutes. You are cutting him to pieces. But before him, you praise him. We can tell people the truth. We become cowards and liars. People praise and they lie. Go to most offices. If somebody goes to the boss's office, salutes him, sir. Oh, sir, we are there. Oh, sir, oh, the work is good. The work is, oh, the salary is good. And then they leave the office right after and they're insulting him. And you think that is boldness? You are a coward. You are number one on the list. It's called the fear of man. It makes you a coward. It makes you a liar. It makes you a hypocrite. It makes you untrustworthy. And many of us are like that. We do that to everybody. It's because of the way we were brought up. For most Ghanaians, the only time they speak their mind is when they are in a mob, in a group. That's when we become courageous. That's why we like strike actions because that's the only time we can speak our mind because individually we have no opinion. And if we have it, we can't say it. So we're always hiding behind crowds and anonymity. Go to the Ghanaian website on the internet. It's full of insults, insults, insults. People insulting people. And check the names. All of them are using nicknames. All of them are used. Why? They are cowards. They can't speak their minds. Boldly. The same people they are insulting behind on the internet. When they see the same people. They will praise them to high heavens. It's hypocrisy. God has not given us the spirit of fear. As believers. Our yes must be yes. Our no must be no. If you don't like something, say it. Say it with dignity. Say it respectfully. Say it with honor, but say it. Don't say, I like it. And go and say, ah, the thing that reminds me, I don't like. But you said, I like it. You are a coward. And it's not funny. It's dangerous. You can go to hell for that. You have to speak your mind. You have to speak your mind. I remember when I started working, and I've said it a couple of times, and I was the youngest staff member in my office, and our boss was, you know, one of these civil service people, you know, just bullying everybody, and he comes and just talks down everybody and shouts and screams, and everybody's afraid of him. You know, we go for staff meetings, and he's just dressing everybody down. And then people keep quiet at a staff meeting. Nobody talks. Nobody talks. And then when we leave, they complain. But in the room, everybody. Mm. Then we go. And I said, I mean, these are grown adults. They are, like, they are like my fathers. And you can speak your mind. So I went to see the boss. And I said, sir, I, I, I came here not too long ago. I'm a young man, but I come to sit in these staff meetings. And the way you talk to us, I don't like it. I think you're talking down on us. You insult us. 
you don't encourage us, you don't motivate anybody. And uh, I think it doesn't help people, doesn't bring the best out of people. The man was there, he was looking at me intently in his face. Oh yeah, and I was just going along, just saying it nicely, respectfully, no insult, nothing. The next time we had a staff meeting, he said, all of you, is this young man who came here who's just come to tell me that so and so and so and so. He became my best friend in the office. Every time he wants to make a decision, he'll call me, Mr. Otebel, what do you think about this? Because I, I respected him. I respected him. But I also told him what I thought. And that doesn't mean what I say is right. He could have said, you are wrong, and I will still say, well, I've told him if he says I'm wrong, you know, I accept it. I'm not going to be angry because he didn't take my advice. I'm, he's not obliged to take my advice, but at least I must be honest and truthful to myself that I said it, he didn't like it. Or I said it, and I was wrong. Don't hide and cut people down. Speak to them face to face. Don't hide and complain. Speak to them face to face. Talk to people. God has not given us the spirit of fear. The spirit of might and of power and of a sound mind. So what is the spirit of the believer? Three things. The first one is the spirit of power. The spirit of power. That's what God gave to us. The spirit of power. Ability to do things is the word, Greek word dunamis. You've got dynamite sitting inside you. God has given us power. The second thing God has given to us is the spirit of love. That word love is selfless giving to people, sincere affection for people, not hypocrisy, not I love you, I love you, I love you, and killing him, stabbing him by the back. Our honor means nothing, our name means nothing, our promise means nothing, our oath means nothing. So what means anything? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, of love. And the third one is a sound mind. Sound mind. Disciplined, sensible behavior. God has given us a spirit of a sound mind. Our mind must be sound. We don't become paranoid, running away, fighting people, imagining enemies who are not existent. But the spirit of a sound mind. Finally, Romans 8, verse 14 to 15 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We didn't receive the spirit of bondage to fear, but the spirit of adoption. That is what we have. Christians are not supposed to be in bondage to fear. Christians are not supposed to be always thinking about, oh, what's happening? This is going against us. We will not survive and be hypocritical. God has called us to be honest, to be brave, to be bold. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.